0: No.com Clarity about reality. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, alhamdulillah, has allowed us to live another day. We are currently looking at the sixth of Rajab today. In another 20 days, 21 days, we will be discussing or perhaps local area masjids or community centers, or other areas will be discussing the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's night journey, and we will then be at the end of the month, which will leave us with nothing more than one month before Ramadan. Again, I advise the slaves of Allah, if you can use your time, if you have missed, any days from Ramadan because of illness or you were in the hospital or valid medical condition or even just invalid conditions, whatever those were, to try to complete those obligatory fasts that you missed. If you are in any fit state, to prepare yourself for the month of Ramadan and you know that you'll be fasting, so you're not on dialysis, you won't have to take any life-saving medication, you don't have an operation, you don't have any condition that would normally exempt you to try to do some extra fasting, to prepare you mentally and physically for the month that is coming. Right now when we look outside, the weather seems hospitable, but you cannot assume that all of Ramadan will be moderate. We may find ourselves, because Ramadan is coming in the dead heat of summer, you may find yourself in a Ramadan that is more challenging than ever before. The key is to always prepare your utmost. And then, if things are easier, you're satisfied. And if they're more difficult, then that's what you were expecting. As it was mentioned when the companions, when they emerged on the battlefield, a they said, Allah and His Messenger promised us this when they saw superior numbers. When they went on battlefields and they looked and they saw superior numbers, they used to say, Allah and His Messenger promised us this would happen. While the hypocrites would say, Allah and His Messenger only promised us deception. So you prepare yourself rightly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us in surah al-Qalam, or he said, what do love to They would love for you to compromise, so they compromise as well. And the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu he said, In the nations of Lut, when the angel was sent to destroy the city. He came down, and before destroying the city, one of the avenging angels found a man praying. He returned back to Allah and informed him that he came down to this city to destroy it, and he found a man praying. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, go back and destroy that man first. For he saw the evil in his sight, and the color in his face never changed. Now this is going back to a hadith. It's referencing back to a prophetic breakdown that we've been given by the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu He said, whoever among you sees an evil, and he is able, let him change it with his hand. Whoever among you sees an evil, and and if he is not able to do that, then let him change it with his tongue. And if he is not able to do that, then let him hate that in his heart, and that is the weakest of Iman, this famous hadith. So if you're not able to do that, at least the aspect of it is, is there where there's that hatred towards that action. So sometimes, when I first arrived here, I would see billboards, feet high and several feet wide, with sexual penetration occurring blatantly on them. And I was not able to reach those billboards, but I despised them. And this was enough as a marker of my faith that I hated when I saw that. (coughs) Every time I go to buy milk, I see wall to wall alcohol. And sometimes I have to walk out of that shop because the man that's in the shop is dressed like me. And I say to myself, this man should know better. So I go into the shop, I see the man, he's got the prayer, the, the Zabiba, he's got the prayer mark, he's dressed up everything else, and he's standing and there's bottles of spirit off behind him. I have to go right back out. The unbeliever, he's understood. But the but the believer he should know better. All of these things, when we look at where Allah says they would love for you to compromise so that they can compromise. The statement of changing evil with your hand and if you can't with your tongue, and if you can't, hating it in your heart. One of the most important things that you can ever look at is you can look at the doctrine of consistency. We as slaves of Allah, we are flexible in some of our branches. And what I mean by the branches of the faith I mean in matters of dietary laws and such we can be flexible. We know that we have a wide scope that Allah has given us of different foods that we can eat. Allah has given us a wide scope. And Allah doesn't require us to go too deep into every single last anomaly of things. There are some things we can compromise on or we can make assumptions. We go into a market or we go to visit someone at their home. And the person might not be a Muslim, and we haven't seen them do anything with their salad, where they mixed in impermissible products or anything. So we assume that the salad will be valid, there's nothing in it, and we consume. When we go and we find sandwiches or things that are completely vegetable-based, we assume that they're valid and we buy them. We find orange juice, we assume that they're valid and we buy them. But there are some things in this faith that there isn't compromise on. And some things in this faith that we, if we compromise on them, the outcome of it will lead us to become like that man, who was dis- who was destroyed by the angel who went back to Allah and said, "I found a man praying," and Allah said, "Go back and destroy him first, for he was among them, and his face never changed on the evil about the evil that he saw." The current hot button issue. If you have a chance to go and look back, it's an old article, but it's in the New Yorker magazine. It's called, Is Black, Is Gay the New Black? And what this article put forward was that during the 1960s black power movement into the 70s, it started to become hip to be black and black culture became hip people started coming forward and expressing what was called the Black Power Movement. So you had the Black Panthers, you had the NOI, you had the Us Movement, you had all these different things. And what the New Yorker is trying to put across is that now it's hip to come out and say that you're homosexual, it's hip to be gay now. And we've had so far, at my count seven people who would classify themselves as imams that have come out as homosexual. I remember one of my teachers, he said to me, Hassan, sit down, and I sat down, and he said, you be careful, young man, because most of the imams in this land are about to sell this religion. And he was explaining this to me in Arabic in such a clear way. He said, these men are about to take Islam and to sell it. Because they fear the kufar. And I'd already seen hints of this. But what he said would start to come to pass only a few years after that. I don't want to talk about the people that are in positions of authority that have come out and said, quote, I'm Muslim and it's okay to be gay, like the recent example of the uh, Imam in South Africa who's come out and done so. And said you know it's okay to be gay and he's touring around and he's referring to himself as the pink imam. I don't want to talk about him. I want to talk about the cowards who this has happened in front of them and they back down. There was an article in the newspaper about one of these so-called spokesmen for Islam in the West you know, the people that represent you and I, these democratically elected leadership examples. I've never seen them in the streets. I've never, I've never even played basketball with them or pool. But somehow these people represent us. And what happened is, as is so often the case, these spokesmen for Islam, they have two tongues like the snakes they are. They use this religious crud that they speak with. And one of these spokesmen had been caught, I would say red-handed, but because it involves the homosexual lobby, I'll say pink-handed. He was caught pink-handed denouncing homosexuality in previous videos. And this particular speaker is so lukewarm, so tepid, so tame, it was pretty much a word-by-word analysis of what Allah revealed in his book. How Nabi Al-Lut salam asked the people, shall you go to men with your lusts and leave women and do what no nation before you has done? A very simple statement. It happened, this happens in Surah Araf and it's in three other places in the Mus'haf. Anybody worth their salt in Qiraq has read this. And passed it over and understood exactly what it meant because it's pretty clear. But, this spokesman for Islam, when he had this brought to his attention, what did he do? Did he say, well listen, I did make these remarks and I stand by them. I'm not going to take back something that Allah has revealed in his book. I'm not calling for everyone in the street to be killed. I'm not calling for people to do vigilante tactics. I'm not calling for that at all. I'm just saying what Allah has revealed. Homosexuality is wrong. Now, if you're doing this in your own home, then that sin is upon you. And if no one sees it in public, then that sin is upon you. He didn't say anything like that. Rather, this is what was said. And I want you to get this because this is usually it, when there's compromise in fundamental matters, it's this slippery language where you can actually hear the tongue rattling as this individual speaks in a snake like You can hear the tongue rattling. He said, that video was taken some 15 years ago. And... My outlook since that time has changed, and I was under the spell of religious zealotry at that time. Do you hear the just the sound of the tongue rattling in the mouth of that snake? Back down. Now, why is this important? Well, because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, "What do the hinu They want that you compromise, so they compromise. You have slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are in leadership positions like him. Leadership positions like him. Slaves of Allah that are in leadership positions that when it is time for them to say that this is part of the religion, this is something that cannot be denied that they fall foul. They lose their nerve. They lose their guts. And they confuse the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he was clear in this regard in which he told us that if you see an evil, that you try to change it with your hand. And if you can't, you, change, you say you do so with your tongue. And if you can't, then you hate it in your heart. Why did he not step down and say, the social pressure that the public has mounted against me from the LGBT community is too great. So I will henceforth step down due to the public outcry. Why didn't he do that? Because there's money being paid and the man is being paid for his Islam. But Islam is greater than that. I want to give you some examples of people who didn't compromise and I want to contrast that with people who did compromise. Just to give you a taste of what you can see. I'll I'll choose a famous example. Let's go back to the year 656 Hijri, 1258 Kafir calendar. One of the people in the city of Baghdad knew that the Tatar were coming and they would ravage the city. So what did he do? He went out and he met them on their march, which they used to call the Black March. And he said, it was mentioned in historical annals that you could often hear the Mongols before they came, not just from the rumble of the hoof, 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 hoofs of their horse, Horses, horses, but also the rattling of the skulls that they had wrapped in rope and had hanging from the necks of their horses. These were men that slept on their horses standing up and they had necklaces of skulls around their horses and femur bones around the back. They were fierce, unrepentant warriors. They were a warrior class. Absolutely devastated. They killed 42 million Chinese in two years. 42 million coming down from the steppes of Asia, and Genghis Khan became the ruler over China for a period of time, short lived though it was. So this man goes out to meet them and tells them what the fortifications of the city are, how many people are in the city. He tells them every possible aspect because he's scared. So the Mongols take him with them and come and kill two million people in one day in Baghdad. The first alim, the first one ever killed in Baghdad was a man by the name of Yahya al Sarusari. The day before he died, rahimahullah, he had a dream in which he saw the Prophet Muhammad and he said, I bear witness that this is the very mouth that revelation came from, and he hugged Rasulullah and he kissed him. And the Prophet said, I bear witness that mitta ala al-shahada, I bear witness that you have died on the shahada, which the imam understood that that meant he was going to be killed because he spoke to him and used the verb in the past tense. He was the first one to be martyred. He killed eight Mongol troops with his bare hands and he wanted, ultimately they wound up killing him. But as the Tatar lay waste to the city, Haluhu was the leader. After he had done that, he had the man brought forward and he said... To the man that had helped them, they said, without your assistance, much of this would have been very difficult for us. But you are a coward and a traitor, and now you shall join them. And then he killed the man. Do you see what compromise and cowardice and weakness gets you? Gets you nothing. Because he wound up in a ditch as they piled the Muslims 15 bodies high as well. The river Euphrates ran black for six months with the manuscripts that they burned and the books they destroyed. The blood and streak ran knee high to the horses, according to all historical accounts. Or they might have to flee the city. Those that were left, they didn't fight. This is the price you pay for compromise. When you compromise on the fundamentals of your faith, this is the price that you pay. It comes to get you at some point. You may not think so now, but on fundamentals, it will come to get you. And that's why I say to you, in all truth and honesty, myself being admonished first, and yourselves this hot button issue today, because every era has its hot button issues. One of the hot button issues today is homosexuality. And the so-called pink lobby, this LGBT pink lobby, is a gang, much like the LAPD, the New York PD, they're a gang, Republicans, Democrats, this lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. You've never heard of such a motley collection of different uh, social and genetic misfits ever. is in that simple acronym of four letters. And I don't care who hears this because I stand behind what I've said since I've been saying it for the past 20-something years. I remember when the first homosexual masjid was built, I remember when it first happened because it was not far from the city that I lived in. I remember it. I remember the first gay parade where Muslims were featured at the beginning of a parade to show multiculturalism and that they'd integrated. I remember that. So I'm a bit long in the tooth. I'm an old man in terms of social issues. I'm an old man socially. I've lived three lifetimes to see that wickedness. But this is one of the hot-button issues of this age. Irrespective of whatever is said of me or whatever happens to me from what I say today. I've thought about it for just a few seconds, and I don't care. So what I'm going to tell you is cut, dry, uncut, unvarnished, unboiled, and all the other references to something in its pure and uncut cocaine form that I can tell you about homosexuality. The Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he said regarding homosexuality in a hadith that's Sahih he said, Al-fa'il al The one who does so and the one that lets it get done to him, kill both of them. Kill both of them. This is in the revealed law. Whether you're going to the books of fiqh that are taken, by the Henry scholars, the Malikis, the Shafi'is, or the Hanafis. This is your Islam. Don't like it? Well, there's a door of apostasy. You can go through it. We're not going to take that away from you. But this is this deen. Homosexuality is despicable. The Prophet Muhammad has mentioned that in that hadith. Ibn Abbas وسلم, He mentioned that we were instructed regarding their execution in this matter. And I differed with Abu Bakr as siddiq who had executed them and burned their bodies. I want you to listen to this again. Ibn Abbas is a judge in his own right, but he differed with Abu Bakr not over the killing, the burning of the bodies. Why are you burning the bodies? Abu Bakr al-Sadiq mentioned that they're apostates and that they are nejis. That the act of two men coming together in this fashion and it becoming publicly known. This is nejis. So he burned and destroyed the bodies. Ibn Abbas, رضي differed in that point. That they're executed, but the bodies don't have to be burned. Throughout Islam's historical epoch, all throughout its historical epoch, this has been the understanding In Surah Araf and other surahs where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Nabi Al-Lut alayhi salam and said where he said do you approach men with your lusts and leave the company of women and do what no nation before you has done? Seems clear to any honest reader and all of the other nations mentioned before because Allah always mentions them at the end of a catalogue of nations all the other nations before Allah mentions the fact of them committing idolatry. But only in this nation, you do not read the ayah that begins with the, with the refrain, will you reject Allah and not worship when he is your Lord. It starts with the refrain about homosexuality. Now one genius attempted to get out of this, because we have some geniuses. One genius attempted to get out of this and said, Well, no. These ayat against homosexuality, these ahadith against homosexuality, are not condemnations of homosexuality itself, but rather the condemnation was against rape. So Allah has clearly denounced rape, but not consensual homosexual sex. This is the position of Siraj Hendricks, of the gay imam, the pink imam from South Africa, and a countless other number of perverts and pinkos and weirdos of all different stripes and categories. However, here's the problem with that read these ayat and you read the ahadith, the hadith is clear. The one who does it and the one who allows it to be done himself. So there's nothing mentioned there about rape. And there's already previous laws and revelation against rape. And rape is not wholesale destruction of an entire nation. Rape is merely the death penalty by the sword. So this ayah cannot be referring to rape, but it's referring, more importantly, to the wickedness of the sin of homosexuality. I tell you this without any doubt. As I said, when you look in all the books of fiqh, do not let your local imam or your counselor on Islam or your spokesman for Islam in the West, don't let them sugarcoat you and pull the frosting over your eyes because some of them have issues in their own life. You mark my words that my, one of my teachers told me. He said, one of these prominent people is going to come out, and it's going to be a game changer. I'm waiting for that day. I have a few in mind who I think these will be the ones that will come out, either one of these two. Not because I wanted to, but because of the direction that things are headed. And that will be a game changer because, as I said, people are already headed towards this point of saying, oh, we really can't speak against this. I mean, as the South African imam, pink imam said, I had to reconcile being gay with being homosexual because I have so many gifts and why would Allah curse me with something that I have no choice over? So we're back at that argument, that genetically... You just have no choice, this is the way you're born. Very well then. So who are you to stop the heroin addict or the drunk driver from drunk driving? Do you know that scientists claim that there's a gene for alcoholism? There's a gene for alcoholism. So we're certainly no one to condemn the drunkard or the bench drinker who squats in front of your car and relieves himself. Or the women who drop their, their, their panties and lift their skirts in front of your house and relieve themselves because those people, that's totally natural. That's something that simply must be done. Or what about the people that suffer from social psycho disorders in which they commit wholesale murders and serial killings? Surely these people ought to be lauded for their efforts and praised. After all, I mean, who kills 60 people with such vigor and flair? Surely they're to be rewarded for their activities. But we don't make those type of designations. But we do for this. Let me give you two points before ending this first chuppah. What started this argument of, they are born that way genetically, and there's nothing we can do about it was a doctor in the United States. He wrote a book called The Gay Gene. Try to get that book. Then I want you to also do some library work to find out that this particular doctor has backed away from that position and has said that genetics does not play a direct part in homosexuality in so much as environment does. But there's still using that statement that he made in 1988. They're still using that statement and using it for mileage. Even though the man who made the statement himself has backed away from it. Secondly, every nation, I've mentioned this before, and I say so with impunity, every nation Every people can produce after its kind. <coughs> Puerto Rican man, Panamanian woman. They're able to produce children and produce after their kind. This is a valid species. German guy, Pakistani woman. I know it would never happen, but we're just talking hypotheticals. I'm just talking hypotheticals. So, they get married, they produce after their kind. They produce after their kind. And that is the evidence that they are of the same species. They are all human. The evidence of a species is their ability to reproduce. Whether we're talking human beings, we're talking the German shepherd and the border collie, they're able to produce after their kind. Let's get just get totally scientific. Lesbians, or homosexuals, or transgender, they cannot produce after their kind. Therefore, they are not a species. What is their genetic phenotype? The Arab Bedouin genetic phenotype, which is what I am, I'm, I'm phenotype Hoplogroup 209A. positive a. That is a literal genetic phenotype that lists a racial profile of a nation, of a people. I would tell you to try to find out yours. Your blood type and your genetic fetal type. Racially what you are. So when the man says to me, how can you be against homosexuality? We've suffered just as much as you do from racial discrimination. Really? I wonder how many of you have been lynched or had your houses burned down. And I don't remember being able to sort of hide my melanin. Your issue is homosexuality. It is not a species. It's not a nation. And every nation that this has become popular in, what's happened to that nation? They've died out. Because if a nation doesn't reproduce itself, what happens? It dies out. Spain is at a 1.1 reproduction rate. High levels of homosexuality. United States, 1.3. They're going to die out. You've read the articles how they're paying German couples to have children. They're paying them to have children. The white race is dying out. Not only is it just that that the genes are recessive, but it's also the fact of homosexuality growing. So the nation dies. Homosexuality is a death sentence against civilization, against the nation, and the end of all things of any semblance of <coughs> civilization going forward. <coughs> This issue is, as I said, one of the hot button issues today. And the LGBT movement has been going around, for want of a better word, punking people, who they find that they have gone against what they call civil aspects of society. You can come forward with They've been going around punking people that they believe can be weakened because and we have to understand what exactly they're doing because the process of punking someone is to front them out in public in such a way as to break them down. And when the person's shoulders shrug and they see the argument and they say no further words, that is when they are punked. This is where this West Coast expression has come from. When you see the man confront someone in the street and he breaks him down verbally and says to him, so what are you going to do? And the man looks down on the ground at his shoes with his hands in his pocket and does nothing. He is punked. He is a punk. He's the quintessential suck, as we say on the West Coast. I can't be punked. So what I'm telling you today, I stand behind it. And I was very careful. I was very measured. So if you see me on the news, if something comes back to bite me, I don't care. I can't be pumped. If I'm 38 and it hasn't happened yet, it won't happen in the future either. This is the reality. And you brothers have to understand, this is one of the hot button issues today. In your workplace, in your college, in your school. And it keeps coming up. Now, the older slaves of Allah, alhamdulillah, they know. They don't need to be warned and told, This you need to look out for this. We know. We know. The older generation, when this happens, people disappear. Now, I'm telling you the reality. When this happens for my father, my grandfather's generation, people disappear. They don't need to be told. But it's us that sometimes get wishy-washy about condemning these things. Well, you know, it's, it's not really for us to judge. No one's talking about judging and going out and putting heads on a guillotine and cutting them off. We're saying Allah has said in his book, this is wrong. Allah said in his book that rape is wrong. Do you accept that? Yes, rape is wrong. Okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his book that to charge people money for money is not, not right. That's wrong, isn't it? Yes, it's wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in his book that the men that abuse their wives and they don't give them, they refuse to give them uh, uh, any, uh, any type of maintenance and such, that is wrong, correct? Yes, that is wrong. Allah says the people that abuse their wives and refuse to grant them divorce in cases where it's justified, that's wrong, isn't it? Yes, it's wrong. And Allah says that the people that are practicing homosexuality where it's women on women or men on men or there's threesomes and menage etwas, Allah says that's wrong, doesn't he? Well, I, I, and all of a sudden they begin to hesitate. That is the sign... That you have been pumped in at least some aspect. Because you're making excuses for something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has rejected. No. This is one of the hot button issues and fundamentals that there's, that there's no judging it. There's no budging it. There's no budging in adultery. There's no budging in uh, drug use of heroin, crack, speed. And there's no budging in this issue. In closing all of this off, then I say the following. Number one, the pink lobby is not set to lose momentum currently. It's gaining momentum. And with more people coming out into the open, it's going to challenge you more. And you are going to be put in situations where you will be tested. When I worked at a cafe and I was washing dishes, I was introduced to one of the new chefs. And he shook my hand and his his hand was very soft and it was limp. And I thought, why is he shaking my hand in this fashion? He wore a frilled shirt, hot lycra pants, and knee-high boots with shock blonde hair. In the course of the conversation, he found out I was Muslim, and as you always do. The only issue in Islam is homosexuality, isn't it? So he had to ask me, what, has this, what, what does your God say about homosexuality? I'm sitting here washing dishes, my hands are sopping wet, the front of my, my shirt is wet from washing the dishes and everything else. I was put on the spot. But I said, what I'm going to tell you because you've asked me an honest question, if I tell you the honesty of this question, what repercussions am I going to have to face from this? Will you be accept the answer honestly? Yes, I'll accept it honestly. This is what Allah said. I recited the verses in Arabic, translated He said, "Well, because of what you have said, I just can't. I just can't tolerate that." I said, "So much for democracy." And I went back to Washington. <laughs> You'll face this many times. It's about what you do about it. Number two. As this issue progresses, they are going to... They won't even have to lean on some of these imams and people. Some of them they won't even have to lean on. You know the individual, the coward, that you don't have to beat him up. It's the look. Or just brushing past him that fills him and paralyzes him with terror. And he'll do whatever you want to from surrendering his lunch money to giving you his jacket. This is the state of some of the people that declare themselves as leaders. They don't have to have pressure put on them. No need to waterboard. No need to torture, just the look. The possible danger of the bank account, the credit card level going down, the overdraft being affected, brings immediate obedience. Number three, your children. If your children are in any of these institutions, at some point, this may be brought to them. At some point, it may be brought to them. You have to start thinking for the future, either whether you will homeschool or whether you'll have special residential schools where they can be free of this tribulation. What is it you're going to do? Because when I went to elementary school, they showed us when I was 10 years old, full penetration sexual intercourse. I was in the fourth grade. They were teaching us how to put condoms on bananas. My mom was enraged when she found this out. Then I get here and I see they're trying to Americanize the school system here. Guess what happens? It's coming here too. Get ready, get your bib on and your fork and your knife because you're going to be served a meal whether you want it or you don't. Number four is you have to start looking at swimming upstream. As Muslims, you need to remember this point. Islam is not designed for you to mesh perfectly with society. I want to paint you a picture very quickly because I know our time is limited. A man with a black beard and black hair wearing an amama similar to mine some 1400 years ago committed a breaking and entering in Mecca. Comes in with 10,000 troops goes inside and destroys three hundred and sixty pieces of artwork that are not his items he then forcibly converts a city of twelve thousand people to his own religion this is the Prophet Muhammad if you look at him the way this society does things that's how you'll see him how you will see him. This man, he broke an entering, he came in, he ruined the civilization. Breaking and entering. He's guilty of GBH as well because he took the keys off a key, man that weren't his keys and also destroyed 360 priceless artifacts that can't be recovered. What? No, no. Here's what happened. Idolatry was rampant and it got stamped out. And those people got brought into the deen. That's what happened. Every prophet that you see goes against the society of his time. And they suffer for it. If you don't understand that, then it was wrong for Nabi al to refuse to marry a man with his own niece. When his niece Salome said, I want to marry Harud, he should have said, you know what? Potato, tomato, shmayo, shmazel, let's get married. He didn't do that. He wound up being beheaded They put his head on a plate in front of the people. And they married anyway. But you know what? He did what was expected of him. Even though that's where the society was leaning. Islam is about swimming upstream, not with the fish. The ones that swim downstream, they wind up on our plate. We eat those ones. But the ones that swim upstream are the ones that live to spawn. They live to swim another day. So you must understand that Islam will put you at odds with the society because Islam is not about matching with society, it's about being right. And sometimes stuff will go against society. Number five, and final point. In the process of that happening, don't fear anyone but Allah. Don't make any, don't make any swarmy, tepid, lukewarm. Wishy washy, watered down, Aunt Jemima handkerchief headed apologies for this religion. If that's what's been revealed and it's for definite. Yeah, that's part of the religion. I just don't know about all this violence and everything else. I mean, there's, there's Muslims running around with bullet belts and they're fighting in Afghanistan and other places. You're absolutely right. I'll come over to your house tonight and do a home invasion. You won't mind, will you? <coughs> you mind making us dinner while we show up? We'll be hungry while we're, while we're taking your stuff from your VCR. Oh, no, I would never accept that. Okay, well, that's a form of jihad. Let me quote to you some hadith. The one who dies defending himself dies a shaheed. The one who dies defending his property dies a shaheed. The one who dies defending his, his family dies a shaheed. The one who dies defending his parents dies a shaheed. Well, those are mujahideen as well. Or do you think that Mujahids are just the men that are that are launching the AR-15, or that, are fi- that are firing the AR-15s and other things? You must understand, we, must, we mustn't be afraid. No, this is part of the deen. If your country's invaded, if your house is invaded, you have a fundamental right and a duty to defend yourself. I don't ever want to hear any brother here Young or old, I never want to hear a brother saying someone was breaking into my house and I didn't know how long the police were going to take. I had my hand on the phone and one morning I was looking out the window and I wasn't sure. No, 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 no. No, that's wrong. If there's a whole bunch of brothers staying in one house and someone's breaking in, then that man becomes part of your Eid sacrifices. That man becomes part of your Eid. Alhamdulillah, it's Baqarah Eid. It's time to go home. If he comes into your house, then well, what could we do, Dad? He came in, we didn't see him, it was dark. Next thing we know, he's tied up from all four sides and he's got an apple in his mouth. We didn't know what to do, Dad. And I'm sure your dad will not denounce you. Because you did what we expected of you as sons, you defended your family. Part of Islam is having maru'ah, manliness. Maru'ah in Arabic means masculinity, manliness. I know they try to water you down to emasculate you in school to try to to castrate you. But I'm telling you what is Islam, is maru'ah, manliness. Nothing wrong with being a man. Certain things require you so i say this in all reality that the fundamentals of islam certain fundamental things cannot be denied and we admit those and we don't fear anyone but allah in that regard <laughs> لا إله إلا الله ولا نعبد إلا إيه له النعمة والفضل والثنا والحسن الجميل لا إله إلا الله مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا مانع لما عطيت ولا معطيا لما منع ولا ينفع ذا الجد من كالجد اللهم في لنا المؤمنين ومؤمنات والمسلمين و穆سلمات والمحسنين والمحسنات والمجاهدين ومناقبات الأحياء منهم والأموات O Allah, we ask that you forgive us for our sins from the last Jummah all the way up until this Jummah and make us better Muslims than when we came to death. Mm-hmm. O Allah, we ask that you protect us from the filthy ridges and neges of a society that promotes homosexuality and protect our, ourselves and our children from its wickedness. Mm-hmm. O Allah, we ask that you make us among those who fear no one but you and you alone in the face of the evil that shaitan brings. Mm-hmm. O Allah, we ask that you give us bravery and not cowardice in our hearts. Mm-hmm. O Allah, we ask that you make us among those who swim upstream and not downstream so we're destroyed with those who reject faith along with Oh, Allah, we ask that you make us among those who oppose with our hearts, our tongues, our minds, and our bodies that which goes against that which you revealed and we stand true to this faith. Oh, Allah, we ask that you protect our hearts from compromise. Oh, Allah, we ask that you protect us from cowardice. Oh, Allah, we ask that you protect us from those who may ask us and enjoin us to compromise. O, oh Allah, we ask that You protect us from a society at war with You. O, oh Allah, we ask that You make us among those who believe in You and You alone and fear no one but You and You alone. O, oh Allah, we ask that You give us bravery and steadfastness. O, oh Allah, we ask that You give us patience in these trying times. O, oh Allah, we ask that You protect the hearts and minds and spirits of our children. O, oh Allah, we ask that You protect us from the evil and pervasive effects and the perverted effects of homosexuality. O, oh Allah, we ask that You protect us from the wickedness of the transgender movement. O, oh Allah, we ask that You protect us from from the wickedness of homosexuality and lesbianism. O oh, Allah, we ask that you protect us from the evil so that it doesn't visit us or our families. O oh, Allah, we ask that you make us among those who are signs of this religion so that we stand forward as good role models for those who look up to us. Amen. And O oh, Allah, we ask that you give us good role models so that we're not led astray by those who reject faith in that which you revealed. O oh, Allah, we ask that you give us the good end and the good into our lives so that we die with goodness and in your mercy. O oh, Allah, we ask that you make us among those who are safe from the punishment of the grave and the fright on the day of judgment when there's no shade but your shade alone.
1: Mm.
0: Oh Allah, we ask that you give us that shade on the day when there is no shade but your shade. Mm. Oh Allah, we ask that you make us one among the seven people on the day when there is no shade but your shade alone.
1: Mm.
0: Oh Allah, we ask that you make us among those who enter the paradise without any accounting. Mm. Oh Allah, we ask that you make us among those who enter the paradise without any accounting. Mm. Oh Allah, we ask that you make <clears> us among <coughs> those who enter the paradise into the firdaus immediately. Mm. And O Allah, we ask that you make us among those who enter the paradise of Firdaos the highest paradise. Mm. And O Allah, we ask that You make us among those who drink from the or that fountain, on the Day of Judgment. Amen. O Allah, we ask that You protect us from the punishment of the grave and the fright on the Day of Judgment. Amen. O Allah, we ask that You save us from the punishment of the grave and from and from and from and from leading to Your displeasure on that day when there is no shade but Your shade. Amen. And O Allah, we ask that You protect us from the wily plans of Shaytan as He comes as a wolf. Amen. And O Allah, we ask that You make us among those who stay in Jamas so we're not picked off individually. Amen. And O Allah, we ask that You protect us from those goats and those stray sheep that are rebellious against your Way Amen. and O oh, Allah, we ask that you make us among those who, those obedient sheep who follow their shepherd, which are the prophets and the maraji of this ummah. And O oh, Allah, you we ask that you protect us from those rebellious sheep who buck and go against their shepherd and rebel against his faith. Amen. And O oh, Allah, we ask that you help this ummah and you give them solace in their time of difficulty. <laughs> Haila no. Rahimin, clarity about reality. See more at No.com.